my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Kia ora koutou katoa and thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of Code with Kingy where as always it is brought to you by the team over at Sports Fuel. If you are in the market for a new protein powder or any health supplements I do encourage you to go and check out their page and you can use my code CWK to save yourself some cash. Again that's sportsfuel.co.nz. Yeah man go and get yourself some supplements but rocking and rolling into uh, this week's interview I'm very grateful to be sitting down with a member of the Northland Tanifa, formerly a Southland Stag, and also most recently a member of the Hurricanes in Josh Morby. First of all, Bruss, thank you very much for your time, and how's life at the moment? Yeah, no, all good, mate. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool up in um, Winterless North. It's uh, a pretty special place, bro. It's, um, yeah, it's enjoyable. Yeah. Good couple of wins early up for you, boys. Um, you know, looking back at the track record of Northland, I don't think they're that used to getting... Um, wins on the board this early in the season two from one unlucky to go down to Waikato the week before but I assume you guys must have had a, a pretty decent preseason, and it's just carried over to when it counts yeah yeah that's it like um came to the squad we had a good uh pre-season the first week out at had a marae pihi um ripia marae and um got to know the boys got into some pretty good connections and got to be with each other on a different level and obviously for for me coming into the squad I felt it was good to to get in there and just get stuck in and get to know all the boys and going into this year we've um we're pretty confident and you know obviously getting those two wins they're, they're hard four wins but I feel like we're we're really showing some um pretty good signs eh 100 percent. and I know that we were just mentioning off air that you've played sort of all around the place in your young career my man so what was the need to move north having been all the way at the other end of the country Oh, for me, it was um, just to be closer to home, bro. Like I loved being in Invercargill. Was a you know I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity that they gave me um, in 2019 to go down there and, and get a crack to play you know at the at the next level in New Zealand rugby. And um, but for me, it was just uh, purely based on getting closer to home and um, you know being able to have my family and and friends being able to you know have the chance to come to games. It, it, it means a lot to me. And yeah, that's that's pretty much why. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm guessing the weather might be a little bit nicer than, than how cold it gets down south. Yeah, that was um, it's funny. The, I remember one of my first weeks playing my debut game for the Stags. We were actually playing Northland. And um, the whole week up until Thursday was snow from Monday all the way through. And I was just like, man, this this place is epic. Like, you can never see this anywhere else. But um, yeah, lucky it cleared up just before the Saturday. And yeah, that no, was good, bro. It's, it's an experience, that's for sure. And, and how does playing in a smaller town differ to perhaps, you know, the time you spent with the Canes and even going back to home, sort of the Waikato region, you know, Northland and Southland, again, like I, I sort of mentioned at the top of the podcast, um, they're very much renowned for their communities getting in behind their teams because they are somewhat isolated from the bigger cities. So did you did you feel that, you know, being a player and even in your early days now, they're up north? Yeah, I mean, everyone has their, their fan base and I did feel like in, in Chicago and, up here, obviously, it's a smaller place, like you said, and obviously the community is such a massive thing in these areas. And um, you know, them getting behind and backing their team, it's um, it's really impressive, bro. Like you could see in that Stags game they just played just recently, the Stag day against Otago. Like you know, it's pretty much the whole town's turning up to the games, which is 
you know, as a player, it's pretty awesome to see. And even up here and at Seminoff Stadium, like there's there's some pretty good crowds turning out. And as a player, that's all you want. You just want to see your, you know, community backing you. And, you know, for us as players, it's uh, it's pretty special to look up there and, you know, knowing that the crowd's got your back. Yeah. And funnily enough, I was talking to one of your teammates earlier this year, bro, Josh Goodhue. And, you know, obviously he's, he's a proud um, Northland boy. And I, I guess from your time at the Stags, there's somewhat of a resemblance in that, you know, they were very much so a rebuilding team. Um, and I guess, like I said, at the start of the season, you guys have already picked up two wins. And while the Stags maybe didn't get as many wins as they would have liked, there was definitely a change, you know, in the way that you guys played. It, it just showed across the team that you guys went from sort of being, or the Stags went from being sort of the easy beats to a team that was going to give it to you for 80 minutes. I know that like the likes of Tony Lambourne and Dale McLeod had a lot to do with that down there. And do you feel, or do you feel that same sort of vibe up here in Northland in terms of like the the transition? And I know I mentioned to you off here, you know, you guys got a pretty stacked team this year. So yeah, any resemblance from, you know, the two different um, ends of the country? Yeah, I mean, obviously um, there's a little bit, but I've, I've, yeah, like, um, yeah, the Tunnies are obviously a, a team that have always been there or thereabouts and um you know this year we've we've just got a massive emphasis on you know not being that team anymore like we we're, we're wanting to sort of take over and we've got a great chance to to win this competition and there's just so much belief in the group this year and um you know it's a, we just got a real real good vibe at the moment and it's just a really enjoyable way to be up here mm -hmm. and I guess it's the beauty of having um the competition come back together rather than the split way it was it has been the past couple of years but before you ever got to representing um both provincial teams from the top and bottom of the country you actually started off your footy career uh, in Te Awamutu yeah, um, yeah so can you take us back to yeah where it all began and tell us why you got into the sport yeah right right from the start yeah bro <laughs> um oh well back when I was younger bro it was either um my dad's a dairy farmer he has been since he was 15 and um so it's either either dairy farming or play rugby. So um, obviously I chose the latter and nah, it's a, yeah, like I grew up in Te Amuru, went to all the local schools there and um, yeah, TA Sports was just home for me. And obviously from from running around at 8am in the morning to watch my brother play for the same, you know, for the same club. And then, you know, it's um, it's a pretty special place, um, TA with, you know, when we get back up to get back home, I always try and get down and watch their team play the, the seniors and, um, I was fortunate enough, obviously, when I left Hamilton Boys, my first year out of school was um, for TA Sports, and um, it was a pretty pretty special for me, man, to to get back and to play for the club that you know I played for as a little kid, but even more so to to share that uh, memory with my older brother. Um, you know, it's always a dream, I think, for any brothers to to play to play together if they're into rugby or whatever sport it may be, and yeah, that was just such a such a special moment for for me personally, and. I hope my family too, but yeah, it was just an awesome club to be a part of. And um, yeah, I really cherish, cherish my moments down at Albert Park. Yeah, bro. Small town living, now living out your dream. So you, <laughs> and I know you mentioned just there that you went to Hamilton Boys. And so was was that always on the cards? I mean, like what sort of local schools are there in the Te Aumutu area? So there's, um, yeah, Te Aumutu College, but um, yeah, Hamilton Boys, my brother uh, led the way there. He went there as a year nine and went to the hostel and, you know, obviously through through him being there, um, we got to see how much of a awesomely special school it, it is. It's just got such a legacy, and um, honestly, it's uh, it, you just strive to be the best you can at that school. There's so many talented young men that go through there, and to be a part of that that school, I always hold dear. And 
yeah, to even play for the first 15, it's um, yeah, something I'll, I'll cherish forever. Yeah, bro. And interestingly for you, my man, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm only going off um, articles I've, I've found <laughs> searching the web, you weren't what a lot of guys would consider a gun at school. Like, I, I think if my notes here are correct, you played third 15 in year 12, and you were only a late ring into the first 15 in your last year of school, and then obviously things kicked on from there. But can you, yeah. I don't know, give us any insight there? <laughs> yeah, like I was saying, like Hamilton boys are such a, such a massive rugby school obviously they're, they're the, the best in New Zealand for a reason and um, you know growing through school I actually used to play tennis so I'll do that in the summer and then play um, rugby in the winter but um, yeah I, yeah I played yeah 14 uh, 14B sorry and then yeah but my second year played us just social rugby didn't make the top teams and under 15 age group and then didn't make the senior teams in my year 11 year so I um, had to go under 16s which was was all good like I, I play with a lot of my friends from my year group in that age and then um obviously the following year all the year 12s usually play seconds or or first but um yeah I was I was um in the Colts with a couple of the other boys and you know like those are the teams that you know they might not be the team you want to you wanted to be in at first but you know I really enjoyed the coaching I got there a, a great great two coaches I had was Tim Walton and and Barney Kelly and they're both teachers at at school and we're hostel masters when I was in the hostel and um, even to this day, we still talk about, um, you know, that team and uh, some some special players that were in it. And, and then obviously, yeah, my last year, um, did all the pre-season stuff and, yeah, obviously was lucky enough to get um, a chance on the end of the start of the year. Uh, the boys went, we went to England and Ireland, like the UK tour and, and Wales. And um, obviously they might, they must take a X amount of, you know, extras. And um, I was lucky enough to be on that trip and, um, you know, played played majority of those games, four out of the five, I think it was. And then, yeah, obviously from there was able to sort of cement a spot at fullback for the first. And, yeah, obviously uh, that was pretty special because my brother played for them, obviously, and, and to be able to represent that team and be part of that legacy, it's, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and it just made, obviously, the journey through from year nine all the way up that much more sweeter to be, you know, a battler, as some people would class it, um, and then to be able to, you know, finally, finally reach that dream, it was, um, yeah, pretty surreal. And you're not that far removed from school. And where I'm trying to go with this question is that looking at where the game is at now in terms of the professionalism and, and how far and how much so that seeped down into schoolboy rugby, you know, guys like yourself are very much so the exception, especially at a school like Hamilton Boys, which probably as of late has tuned out, you know, probably top five schools in terms of all blacks. Yeah, yeah. So so for you to go from a space where you're not really in the top gun teams, like from the early ages and then to sort of sneaking at the back end, yeah, that, that really happens. And so like, and I'm not sure if this is a reflection of how easygoing a guy you are or how confident you always were in your abilities and maybe you just weren't getting the rub of the green, but what sort of kept you going and didn't deter you from not giving a rugby a really good crack, having not cracked those teams as early as what you maybe would have liked. Yeah, obviously it was um, it was pretty hard, you know, being at school and then your mates next year in the top team and you're sort of still battling away. But um, it's probably just from the support from my from my mum and dad and my brother and I don't know, man. I was just probably resilient. That's all. It's just the passion for rugby. Like, you know, that's why I started playing because I loved it and that's why I'm still playing now. Like, there's no point in doing something if you don't love it. And I just love playing rugby, bro. And, 
ever since I was a little kid. Um, you know, I was always had a rugby ball in my hand, and I think that's what's probably you know kept me pushing through and keep on trying is just just love of rugby and just wanting to be you know at the top top of the game and or playing in the top level. It's just you know I've watched players play there and just you know I just want to be like them and yeah yeah but yeah just passion for the sport right yes yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty cool place to be in a, in a team you know a team of 15 or uh, 23 now and um, you know you're all sharing the same goal and the same love for for one thing and uh, no, it's pretty special yeah bro and that resilience has got you pretty far my man <laughs> um, but leaving school so first of Daniel last year what was the plan going yeah. out of high school what opportunities were thrown your way yeah so uh, after the first 15 season I um, hadn't had any, you know, chat from, well, what you say, like your, your provinces and stuff. Um, so obviously Union was on the cards. I was tossing up whether to go down to Dunedin and sort of chase um, sort of a scarfy life or, um, and then I went and played the Condor Sevens for Boys High and it was through there that, you know, a little bit more interest came and a, a coach of the Waikato Under-19s, Alf Daniels, gave me a ring and um, just sort of said, you know, would you be keen to, to hang around or hang around Waikato for the year and, and um, you know play in the under 19s team and um, for me that was that was huge. I mean, I got to represent my home province and and still be at home and obviously still was able to um, go to uni in Waikato and that was me for for 2017 and in the Waikato under 19s group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And was it your first rep team at um, that level? Or your uh, yeah, at that level, when I was um, at intermediate, I, I made the role of Mills, but. Uh, that was um, yeah probably the only only team before yeah right 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 okay so 19s with Waikato and then I know that you ended up playing for TA Sports the following year as well so what was the what was your mindset in terms of like okay yep I want to give this rugby thing a proper go and what was sort of the pathway for you or you know when did you suss an agent how did that all unfold so the pathway, yeah, after school, obviously played for TA Sports and was in the 19th um, group. And that was like back then, right? That was sort of like an HP sort of group. So you would train in the morning and, um, you know, obviously boys would work or boys would go to uni and then train again at night. And like, I just love loved being able to, to play a sport that keeps me fit. And through there, after that 19th year um, with TA Sports, we actually, we, we got relegated down to first div and then uh, we won that. So we came back up and yeah, I wasn't really sure what, what to do, whether I wanted to, cause obviously after the 19s, it's, you know, nothing after that. It's just straight into Bunnings or development. Yeah. So uh, I, I headed over to Hamilton, uh, to Melbourne to through the connection of um, Nigel Hotham, the first 15 coach, who's also a great man. Um, I went over there and a few of my mates were playing there. So um, tried my luck at Melbourne and, had a bit of a bad runner with an injury that year. Um, did my knee, oh, honestly, very like three or four times in that whole year. Like it was a bit of a same one. Year. Yeah, the same one. So I did it the first time in a preseason game for Melville. Um, did my MCL and I was out for three to four weeks. And then uh, that was the year after the 19s. And then um, got back from that, played a Chiefs 20s game. And then um, the second club game that I played in, I redid it. The same thing, MCL and that left knee, and then um, this is bad, man. I um, got recovered from that, so that was like another four weeks. And then um, our uni, we had a field trip for uni, and it was worth credit, so I had to go. And um, we went surfing out, out in Raglan, and I 
obviously had to take part and I um <laughs> I did my meniscus and my MCL again in that field trip. No. <laughs> it was no good, bro. I had to go training and obviously the boys were like, Oh, you got a bit of a limp on. I was like, Oh yeah, it's because my knee's gone again. And then yeah, obviously another so that was when I was so there was three MCL slash meniscus and then um that's when I was weighing up like do I have surgery or um you know do what do I do here and uh just rehabbed it out and surgery which was good and yeah I've um touched wood you know haven't um haven't heard it again um but uh yeah so that was a tough that was 2018 so that was a tough year and then back of that I um so my knee was all good and um played sevens for Waikato at the um they used to have that Tauranga domain near the, the mm-hmm. national sevens and it was through there I, I managed to sort of scrape through a, a few good games I guess and I was lucky enough to go on a trip with the development uh, NZ development team to Japan and um, it was about that time that Dale gave me a call and sort of expressed his interest for me to Invercargill and obviously you know it was, it was a pretty cool thing for a young man to hear that you know an NPC team um, you know want, wants you you know obviously I've been battling away and in, in, in Waikato wanting to wanted to play for my home team but um, you know things work out the way they work out and so I decided to to make that move and that's when I actually got my agent so I didn't have a agent so I didn't really know the whole contract side of things and how it how it all worked you know um, so I was actually through a mate of my brother's um, Jacob Skeen uh, his agent you know helped me out through through that process and um, yeah so at the start of 2019 headed down to Invercargill and yeah and then started my my career, I guess, yeah. <laughs> and how did Invercargill compare to Tiaomutu? <laughs> like, was it a shock to the uh, system? Yeah, it was, man. Like, um, obviously, it's a, a bit colder, and um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it was awesome. Like, as soon as I got down there, I I played for uh, Woodlands. They're a pretty cool club. The a, a, a man that um, has a bit to do with them, Brent Shepherd. Uh, I met with him my first couple of days down there, and. I remember he took me out to lunch him and one of the other boys that I was living with and uh, Jason Rutledge. So all of, automatically I was just in awe. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to this club. But um, a few of the boys beforehand had played for them. So I was always going to go to Woodlands. And yeah, so through there, uh, yeah, it's uh, the same, right? like a small small sort of place, obviously a bit bigger than TA, but um, yeah, the people there know who everyone is and yeah, they just support, support you no matter what, yeah. Was it daunting at all being away from home? You know, like it's it's it, like you said, you're so far away from your family. What you would have been like 21, 22-ish at the time. And I know that I've had mates of mine who have gone away from home and they've cracked it. But then I also know of guys who, you know, just haven't lasted because they get homesick, you know, like typically going away to more sort of rural communities. You know, they they get bored. They don't know what to do. Maybe they aren't as driven with their training as as maybe you are. So, can you remember like at all like going through any tough times down there, or did, or was it like just really enjoyable because of the the band of brothers that you had down there? Obviously, there was when I first got down there, it was um, pretty daunting. Like you you don't really know what you what you're doing. You sort of um, up and left everything that you know and everything that's you know that you're used to and to a whole new place and you know sort of not starting over but you are in a way like you obviously have your rugby mates but you know at the four NPC players they've got to find a job and you know a place to live and stuff but um yeah like it was all good um, they have everything set up for you so you've got your all your people in place to support um you know new boys that come in 
to help them, you know, find their feet when they first come down. And yeah, I was able to do that. It was, I was the first house I went into was the academy flats for a, a funny story. I'm not sure if um, Pussy will like it or not, but um, when I went into the academy flat, it was um, it was his old room. So he's the obviously you know he's the prop for the Hurricanes and Bay of Plenty. And I jumped in bed right after him. So he had um, moved out and with his partner, and I jumped in bed after him, bro. Right? Uh, it was uncomfortable. I was like, what the hell's wrong with it? And I lifted up the mattress. And it was one of those ones with all wooden slates and <laughs> pretty much all of them were all stuck through the middle, bro. I was like, <laughs> oh, this is fun. This is great. So, um, yeah, I lasted in that house maybe three weeks and then um, me and my girlfriend moved out to a, um, another flat. So, um, yeah, she was, she was down there. So she was a good, she was a good support role for me. Um, obviously, to, to have something familiar down there was pretty, pretty grateful to have you there. Mm, yeah and I, I mean i can only imagine like being so far removed from i guess blood how, how nice it must have been to have you know a sort of rock there in place for you when yeah. those those winter days down in southland training bro yeah. yeah i do not envy those ones um so 2019 2020 you're in southland flying away trying to make that jump up to super rugby yeah, where were things at with you? Like you talk about NPC players needing a job and I know that it was only this year that you picked up your Super Rugby contract. So what were you doing to keep yourself busy during the club season and then in the lead up to NPC? Yeah, yeah. Like um, my jobs, I had a few. <laughs> I had a few. I um, The first role I got down there was uh, a teacher's aide. So um, just helping out with, at a local school down there, James Hargis, um, at the junior campus, just um, helping out, you know, special... A requirement kid so that was enjoyable right like I, I enjoyed you know seeing seeing a different side to, to you know an everyday process like um you never knew what you were going to get on the day and um just being able to sort of adapt to you know fit what they were up to for that day it's um yeah it was a massive massive learning for me and um yeah I, I, I actually really enjoyed that experience of um you know understanding how um you know kids think and a different way of, of of thinking about something um so that was pretty cool and then so i did that for a bit and then i actually um started changing tires for for bridgestones um so that was a that was a <laughs> it was sort of a pretty different job than what i'm used to but i suppose it's a talent that um you know you need to be able to change a tire <laughs> <laughs> and it came in handy like um <laughs> there was one time i'd do it you know when i was on a call with the highlanders i did a couple of trips up for a day or two and there was one day I was driving up and um I was just past Belclutha and I was driving in this little Toyota Corolla like I think it was a 97 little sedan and the tire broke popped and I was just uh, I was just no way this can be happening to me and I was like no I'll be all good like I know what to do like I'll do this for a job I'll be sweet and then I got out and then like jacked it up and got everything out and then I looked in the kit and there was no nut for the bolts bro so I was just stranded with like, like nothing to do and I was like oh shit so lucky where I um, pulled over was a farmer's farmer's driveway and he he uh, actually had a Toyota Hilux so lucky that that fitted so <laughs> I was able to change that tyre and head on my way out to Dunedin and I don't even think I was late I think I must have, I must have been pretty close to but um yeah, rushed in and yeah, had a good day's training and then um, hit it back down to Invercargill. <laughs> Shout out to that farmer if he's listening. All right, so <laughs> yeah. 
you just dropped it in there, my man. You, you spent a bit of time with the Highlanders, if my notes again are correct, as an injury replacement player after cementing yourself as a starter in 2020. Was it after getting that taste of that super rugby environment, you know, having to go with some of the best players in the world, you know, you think like your Aaron Smiths, um, who else would have been there at the time? Um, uh, Mitch Hunt. Sorry, I'm I'm sort of struggling now because the Highlanders weren't that great this year. But um, <laughs> but you, you get what I mean. So yeah, you know, being in the mix with Tony Brown, like how how did that sort of change your hunger or you know? Yeah, like um, yeah. So obviously the 2019 season with the Stags, and we got that evasive win against Counties, and that was um a massive day. And then obviously 2020. At the end of that year, I was able to have a couple of trainings, and that was when Aaron Major was with them. Uh, and then the following year, year 2020, the same sort of that was, I think that was Tony's first year as head coach, I think. I'm not too sure, but um, yeah, obviously at the same couple of training days here and there. And yeah, being able to be in that environment and just learn a different way of, you know, analyzing rugby. And, you know, if you learn how to do something, that's when you know how to do it. And it was more that side of things that I really appreciated of actually sitting around and listening to Aaron and Mitch and uh, Michael Collins was a massive one. Listening to them talk about, um, you know, different ways of attacking a team. And um, that's when I actually, you know, it was like there's more to rugby than, you know, passing a ball around or, you know, obviously I knew there was more, but just the depth <laughs> that they went into. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was impressive. And yeah, that's when I, I was like, man, this is, this is pretty awesome. And that's and then obviously twenty one um, came around the following year and might be jumping the gun, but and then that is when I got my first proper proper gig as an actual injury replacement. I was I think I made I got called in the last two weeks before the Aotearoa comp um, finished, um, so I was able to um, get catch the back end of that and then was in for the whole of the uh, Trans Tasman and and I, I loved it in me man like it was a awesome environment to be in and um, obviously I didn't play any games for them, but, um, and I was, I was fine with that because I was happy just being in that, just being exposed to, you know, professional rugby and yeah, like I was put with a pretty cool club. I was um, assigned to Dunedin Sharks and I love my time there. Like they were an awesome, awesome bunch of lads and, you know, it just makes you appreciate rugby that much more when you can go back to, to club footy and, you know, that there's those guys that are, that are there and you know I'm not sure how many managers they had but all of them had their own role and um yeah bro I loved it there it was it was it was epic <laughs> mm -hmm. so would you say that all of that analysis and the depth that you mentioned that you went into you know having been exposed to that in the environment is that what sort of propelled your game at the back end of 2021 that then of course set you up to get your super rugby contract yeah like um yeah, I think so. Like obviously, uh, being around that environment and that professional rugby, it, 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 it obviously changed the way I played, well, developed the way I played, I should say. And then, yeah, like it was a pretty, that was a tough year too. Like I, at the 2021, I broke my hand in that club game. Um, my last one actually up there before before I came back to Southland. So I was, I was back to Southland, luckily for the second round. And then COVID hit again. So we missed another three weeks and then um, carried on that season. And um, yeah, so yeah, man, I was honestly so grateful that um, I had the people behind me and in my corner to, you know, put me forward and to give me the chance to, you know, play my brand of rugby and 
truly um you know just just yeah just thankful that they gave me the opportunity the the hurricanes to to go there and like obviously coming off such a high um you know having that phone call and just buzzing like this is a dream come true getting the chance to to play super rugby for a team and then that so that happened on a wednesday that call and then played northland <laughs> northland again on a saturday and then i broke my jaw oh uh, yeah um, that was a that was an experience again like um, drove to the went to the hospital in Invercargill and had to drive to Dunedin for the surgery. Had the surgery have some pretty, pretty wicked photos and um, obviously that's that was three months away and um, I, I still remember waking up and being like, shit, I've got to you know text because um, obviously nobody really knew what what had happened. They just thought I was concussed and obviously let people knew know and I was sitting there. I remember sitting in that bed, man, being like, fuck, like what, what the hell? Like I've just you know, it just goes to show like you've got to be got to be ready for everything because coming off such a high week and then you know being down to another injury, it was um, yeah, it was pretty it was pretty tough. But you know, I knew that I had this chance, I had this this year, this opportunity to grow and show why I deserve to be you know where where I am and deserve this chance. And yeah, got back in February and it was just perfect timing. You know, I didn't miss miss much because obviously the pre-season is more running and. I was just gradually building into that, so I was able to compete in um, all of the all of our preseason stuff, and yeah, it's just wrapped to get my first game for them, man. It was it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like you said, do you nab your contract, you do your recovery, and then you have to wait until round six um, to make that probably not the most memorable night for the Hurricanes, but obviously a big night for you, my man. You, you ended up getting a dot as well, um, but from there, you know, you just hit this purple patch. And you end up finishing the season with nine tries in 10 games. So having made that debut on what was a pretty forgettable night for the Hurricanes as a whole, could you have ever foreseen yourself playing as well as you did, you know, for the remainder of the competition? No, nah, no way. No way. I was, yeah, like, like I've been saying, I was, I was just, yeah, it was, it was just such a surreal moment for me and my family to, to share at, at Mount Smart and, you know, I was lucky enough that crowds were allowed in for that game. And yeah, like you say, a forgettable moment for us. It was it was also an unforgettable moment for me. I mean, for something that you work so hard for and to, you know, it just makes it so much sweeter and makes it all worth it. You know, the amount of sacrifices that that we make as as rugby players and um, those little rewards really make it make it all worth it, I guess. But um, yeah, obviously going through the season it yeah, like oh, yeah, I was just happy just to play games, man. Like at the end of the day, that's all I wanted to do was just you know, represent the Hurricanes and, yeah, it's just, yeah, lucky enough to be picked. <laughs> yeah, and I know you're going to play at Humble, bro, but, like, let's just throw it out there. You moved the all-black fullback into second five. Now, I know that I know that he's a great player and he's very versatile, but, you know, that's, that's pretty impressive for, you know, for a rookie, um, especially, you know, with the calibre of the outside backs that the, that the Hurricanes had at the time. So, yeah, I, I guess you well and truly exceeded your goals for 2022, at least that first half of the year. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you make me sound um, pretty cool like, when you say it like that. But, um, yeah, obviously it was, it was um, lucky for me that Geordie was was able to play 12. And, um, you know, such a fiercely competitive, like, week, you know, until team naming and then even after that, you know, the boys that don't get picked are, are there to prove why they should be in the team and, yeah, it's just that's just the nature of how things win. And I mean, yeah, yeah, it's just 
right? Just yeah, just wrapped to be playing. Like yeah, honestly, it's just so stoked. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned you know being rewarded for hard work, and so obviously you did all that hard work um, in the preseason, which saw you reap the rewards on the field as an individual. And then you get selected for the Māori All Blacks following that. So, yeah. again, you know, after coming off, maybe you're in the season due and you pick up the Rookie of the Year and you're like, man, this is pretty cool. But the, then, to then be named in the Māori All Blacks and then be a part of that special ceremony um, back up, you know, at your old school. Yeah. How do you describe that? Uh, you can't. Like, it's indescribable to, yeah, to represent my culture and my heritage. It's, yeah, it's very special and, um, and then to obviously have the team name that, that my old man, Zamaka's old school, was, it makes it even even better. Like, I used to be that guy doing the haka for the fellas, um, standing on the stage and being, you know, be like, far out, that's pretty cool for them. And then, um, you know, to be up there and be one of those people that, uh, it was, yeah, like, well, honestly, I can't describe it. It was, it was moving. It was a new haka too. Like, our haka changed the year after I left and, you know, I've only seen glimpses of it when I've watched Boys High on TV or, uh, but to have it there, it's, yeah, it's, um, it was unreal. Yeah, bro, pretty crazy to to know how far resilience can take you if you're willing to put in the yeah. work. Um, and ha- having achieved so much early on in the year and having achieved so much in such a, a short window, and I don't want to take away from the high and you are, you are playing the humble card right now, but how do you put everything into perspective and, you know, like set yourself some new goals when perhaps, you know, you're further ahead than what you maybe thought you would have been at the start of the year. And you're like, yeah, how do you keep yourself in check? Because as you mentioned, it's so easy to get caught up in the high and then to be humbled really quickly. You know, like you mentioned with your injury at the back end of last year. So what has sort of been that process from coming from the Māori All Blacks and then obviously rolling into preseason with Northland? You know, did you did you take some time off with the misses and get the reset and yeah, like what, what are sort of your goals moving forward as part of this NPC season and even looking forward to Super Rugby next year? Yeah, like um, it all happened, yeah, like you say, it happens pretty quick. And to be honest, I, I didn't really have that much of a break after the, the campaign of the Maldives. And um, I think it was, a yeah, uh, I think maybe a week after that, I came up to Whangarei and, um, you know, got settled in. And yeah, like I, I guess it's more... You know, you have your own goals in place and and what you want to do and how you want to achieve them and when, you know, obviously when you want to achieve them and you know obviously I've got mine mine set and uh, I think that's just the thing like just to keep keep setting goals and um, you know obviously there's the ultimate goal of what every New Zealand rugby player wants to achieve um, and then there's just little little stepping stones that you need need to do to um, to you know to give yourself the best chance to make it there and. Yeah, I don't even know what I'm saying here, bro. <laughs> no, bro, I, I, I get you. I, was, I, I can get lost in the source myself. And um, I know that weirdly for a lot of you guys, when I sort of ask all these in-depth questions, a lot of the time it's just, yeah, man, I just rock up. I put in all the effort and I have fun. And it sounds like that's what you've done um, since you left school or even dating back to your time to school, bro. And I guess if you keep following that same process, you'll come pretty close to to knocking off all your goals. But yeah, I think that's pretty much all I wanted to get a, get a wrap on in terms of your footy career to date. But before I let you go, I'd like to finish up my interviews on two different segments. Uh, the first one being, can you take us through your game day routine, please? Game day routine. Um, yeah, so the night before, I like to have a, a bar of white chocolate. <laughs> not sure if that's good for the skin folds or not. But, um, 
yeah, I'll hook into one of those, just the little ones though. And then, yeah, the morning I'll have uh, four wheat books with a bit of muesli and a banana, and then obviously roll through into our, we're pretty lucky we get our pre-match meals, so roll into that, um, have that, and then depending on game time, whether it's after lunch or before, and then I don't, I'm not really a massive music listener before games, like, I don't know why, I just, I don't know, I like to just get, get to the shoes and just sort of get in the moment, I guess, of, you know, taking in everything around me and what's sort of, what's sort of happening and stuff, and just listening to different things that are going on at, at the stadiums and then, yeah, and then it's just warm-up time and, and to kick off. <laughs> Rock and roll. No superstitions? Uh, it's probably the four-week books and the white chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. All right, game day done. Um, and then this last bit is just called 10 in the bin, my bro. So I just got 10 quick-fire questions and you answer with whatever comes to mind first. Sweet. Number one, who was your childhood idol? Uh, Dan Carter. Champion lightweight. So who's the worst on the source? <laughs> um oh probably uh Tewarangi Walden. <laughs> True. All right. Must do on a day off. Bit of golf and maybe head out to the beach. Nice. Worst coach's pet? <laughs> uh Greg Peasant's Tate. <laughs> Favorite cheat meal? Or um butter chicken. Butter chicken, yeah. Nice, those always go down a treat. Uh, cheapest teammate? <laughs> oh, Thistle Pockets, uh, Louis, Louis Allman. <laughs> Second dream, so if you weren't living yours, what would be a runner-up? Uh, professional tennis player. <laughs> mm. Was was that ever on the cards? I know you mentioned you played tennis yeah, in the summer. Uh, obviously, it was a bit of a dream, but um, yeah, I had to sort of make the decision in year 13, and yeah, I suppose I, suppose I, chose, yeah, well, I chose rugby. <laughs> yeah. It turned out all right. <laughs> uh, biggest grub you played with or against okay. up until recently it was um, Greg Pleasant's tape but now I'd have to say Richard Judd just in the weekend he um, got a bit dirty to me eh? <laughs> true that's undercover a half day yeah, yeah, I was even surprised I looked up and saw it was him with his head tape on I was thinking what's going on here <laughs> oh well yeah you can never trust a nine um, best piece of advice you've ever received um, just to never give up. It's only one person's opinion. I like it. And last question, you just got to finish off the sentence for me. Saturdays are for... <laughs> the boys. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, bro. I hope the missus isn't listening. No, actually not. <laughs> oh, sweet. Oh, man. This has been a lot of fun, bro. Um, and I really do appreciate the insight that you've given me um, into your career. I know it's only the beginning. Um, best of luck for the rest of the Tunny season and I look forward to you carving up for the Hurricanes again next year. Cheers, bro. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Grateful, brother. Go well. Sit, man. Cheers.